listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Our goal is to equip small group leaders at Brook Hills and beyond to make disciples through effective group ministry. You'll hear from Jay Gordon, who has more than 30 years of experience in leading church small group ministries. And he'll be joined by Chris Amaro, one of the small group leaders for the Church of Brook Hills. And often, you'll also enjoy interviews with other small group leaders. So, enjoy the commute, and thanks for listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Okay, this is take two of part two. We just uh, launched part two, and Chris realized he wasn't recording me. I just blew the whole thing up. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. We have bloopers all the time, and, uh, you know, sometimes Chris will start recording, like, well before we start, <laughs> particularly when we have guests here, and and sometimes we're saying something, and I'll... My eyes will get big, and I'll look over and say, Chris, you're not recording yet, are you? <laughs> so, well, that time I just forgot to record you at all. Yes. Yeah. I, I was recording myself. That would have been a lonely podcast if, it would have if been. they only yeah. heard you and not It's like me. I was talking. Well, it was just awful. Yes. So we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> well, here we go. Part two of, um, of our curriculum podcast. And actually what we're going to do this week is go through a grid that I put together listing different types of curriculum. And for every one of those, we're, we'll name the curriculum, give a short description of it, talk about some pros and cons, and it'll give you some tips on how to deal with those. So let's launch into that. And uh, number one on the list is our Brook Hill sermon-based guide. And I love that resource for lots of reasons. Uh, we have a team of writers that that put that together here at, at Brook Hills, and it's based on the Sunday morning sermon. Um, a couple of stories I want to tell you about that. Okay. Um, one is, is just to tell you how much I like it. Um, we provide, I, w- I would say, anywhere from 20 to 25 questions for you to use in a group. Chris, if I were to ask you this, if you were just doing a discussion-based guide on a sermon, how many questions would you be able to work in? Goodness, <laughs> maybe five or ten. I okay, mean, yeah. yeah. I, I would say most people say somewhere between four and seven. Yeah. You know, those that say four, they must have a real talkative group. But, you know, the design of that uh, fits in a, a exactly with, um, you know, the number that you're talking about. We encourage leaders to choose the questions that are going to take the discussion where they mm-hmm. want to go with it. And so um, one of the stories I wanted to tell you about, uh, I just got tickled one day when I was using the, the sermon-based guide for my group. It was a Sunday afternoon, and I grabbed the questions, and I decided that day that I would go through go through and put an A, B, and C by each question, uh, and that would help me choose which questions to use. And okay, so yeah. I, I'm going through the questions. I put A, A, A. A, A, B. Okay, good. There's one to look at. A, and, but anyway, you know, all the questions are are just really good to yeah. um, to bring discussion of the sermon and uh, just help to you know drive the point home and 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 allow us to talk about challenge from that or the Sobrook Hills or the the application as as some people would would call that. Um, another thing that I wanted to share with you guys is uh, many many years ago. Uh, I was serving at a different church, and we were doing small groups there and, and decided we wanted to do a sermon-based curriculum. And the very first Sunday night um, in an off-campus group that I, real, that I, that I led using a sermon-based guide, guide, I realized that um, – here's the illustration I use. In a college football game, if, um, if the opening kickoff or any kickoff goes you know, into the end zone, out of the end zone um, – you know, a player can just take a knee or if it goes out of the end zone, they bring it out to the 25-yard line. Well, that night, I felt like I was the team that had received the kickoff, but rather starting on the 25-yard line that I got to start on the 50-yard line. Oh, wow. Because 
the pastor had taught a lot of the content already. And, you know, it seems, seems in group we always run out of time. You know, that's a, that's a constant challenge mm-hmm. is to get it all in. But that night it really allowed us to focus a lot more on applying and talking about how we would apply what we had learned. Oh, and nice. um, I'm sorry to hit you with so many stories, but I got one more that, <laughs> that came to my mind that I just had to, to share. You know, we were sitting around in a staff meeting. This has been 20 years ago and, and two at another church. And um, our uh, our youth pastor said, how many how many lessons a week do we need? You know, we have a, have a Sunday school lesson or a small group lesson Sunday morning. Then we hear a sermon and we come back Sunday afternoon and we have, might have discipleship training. And then at that church, we did Sunday night church, a different sermon. And then there's a Tuesday morning men's Bible study, and then the Wednesday night prayer meeting, which is also a Bible study. You know, mm-hmm. we started looking at that, and and we were thinking, you know, we have so many different Bible intakes in one week. Um, maybe we should focus that a little bit. And so that yeah. was just one thing to to share. And um, you know, one of the things I love my focus on the Great Commission is um, really just obeying or observing God's word. And so. We need to allow people time to do that and to digest what they've uh, they they've have taken to be in. Able to process it. Yes. Yeah, that, that's that's a big thing is because if you're if you're feeding so much, it's just going to be overwhelming. Yeah. So you have to let your have to let your group process. Yeah. And so moving to the pros of the sermon based guide, uh, it allows time for application. So uh, you know we've talked about that, and we use the word challenge here. So that's something that's great. Uh, one of the complaints I've heard about a sermon based guide before. Um, here and at various churches, sometimes we will say, well, I don't want to just rehash the sermon. And hmm. my response is, um, okay, you're, you're, not the you're, really not, <laughs> you're really not doing it the right way if, if it's a rehash right. of the sermon. That's not the intent at all. It's to, you know, to, to take the ball and move it farther down the field, not to just work up to the 50-yard line again. And so yeah. there's a tiny bit of that that needs to be involved for people that may not have heard the sermon, but we need to take it at the 50-yard line and move the ball on into the goal line. And so anyway, uh, leader, don't just rehash the sermon. And sometimes people are going to feel like that anyway. And so um, moving on to the tips, you know, I would say uh, choose a few questions. Do not try to navigate through our Brook Hill small group guide and do all 25 questions. You know, it can be just um, overwhelming. Thinking about this, though, there are ways that you can steer the discussion, and I, I want to encourage you to go one of two directions, your choice, but the first thought is, what did God speak to you, the small group leader, through that sermon? Mm-hmm. And just you know, from many years' experience, I know that when God's working on me with something, I can teach that with passion and mm-hmm. talk about that with passion. And passion is an important part of of leadership. You know, if we have no passion about what we're involved in, then you know it, it just doesn't resonate with people. That's right. Um, you know, another another thought is we talked a little bit last week about um, curriculum mapping, and so that might be another thing, another way you choose which questions to use. What does your group need? Mm. And it may or may not have been where the where the Lord really spoke to you. But um, we can take those questions. And one of the things I've realized is that often a sermon will have three major points, and a group may only have time to really get into one of those areas. And so mm-hmm. you might choose the area that your group most needs. Has your group ever done the sermon-based guide? We have not. Uh, okay. We meet during the week uh, on Wednesdays. So it's um, 
I never felt that it was conducive okay. to that. Uh, it was more apt to having a separate study, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, if we were meeting on Sunday, I, I'm, now that everything I've heard now, I would probably <laughs> lean towards it, honestly. Yeah. Um, because it, it's a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this. It's, um, you know, if you're within the next week, sometimes it gets a little bit odd. I've heard groups, some group leaders say, if they've already heard another sermon before they uh, yeah. do that one. And here that happens sometimes because right now we have three Sunday morning worship gatherings right. and also, you know, three small group hours. And so just depending on when that group is and when we get the list uh, of questions out, the small group got out, um, you know, that can cause a little bit of confusion or whatever, but um, sure. I've done it before where on Sunday morning I taught the last week's sermon, and, um, you know, it, it was it's almost like a refresher. You know, it's been a week, mm-hmm. but it's another hit on the same content like we were talking about early and allows yeah. people to kind of have another, another dose of that. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I guess, like you're saying, it has a lot to do with how you're scheduled, like, what, you know, where your group meets and what time, so mm-hmm. interesting. All right. Um Another option is to do a book of the Bible, and if you listened last week, uh, Chris and I talked about that. Uh, my group is just finishing up a, a study of Acts uh, for leader preparation. I use the Christ-centered exposition commentary, which uh, Chris and I both really, really love. And so, uh, Chris, you were telling, I think, Isaiah, you just recently yeah, we finished? Just, we just wrapped Isaiah. We're about to dive into James. Okay. Uh, and so this is, this is kind of our jam. We we like, our group likes this. It's not really just me, but our group likes doing a book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and Primarily, we have we have a track record of picking the the heavier lifts in the Bible, you know, Romans, Isaiah, mm-hmm. um, and we spent a lot of time last summer on all of the uh, uh, Pauline letters, um, and just had a blast kind of doing that, just walking through all the different churches that he wrote to. Um, but yeah, it's I love this approach because mm-hmm. it gives everybody a chance to to hear a book of the Bible that right. they've never really studied. Yeah, I tell you, there's. I, I just think there's some benefit from spending, you know, a significant amount of time. Um, I just thought of one other thing that I want to contrast: going through a book of the Bible with a sermon-based guide. Um, sermon-based guide really doesn't require a lot of leader prep. Okay, um, so that's that's something that leaders may want to know. Now, definitely don't choose a content, just uh, choose a lesson just because it gets you out of, um, of preparation. But the opposite is true of book of the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. I find that I have to spend a lot of time, you know, uh, looking at commentaries in the word, studying, meditating, if I'm teaching a book of the Bible. But I'll tell you this, as a leader, I absolutely love going through a book of the Bible because it forces me to yes. study, and it helps me to grow so much, and so that's uh, that's just a real blessing that I, will, I enjoy. I will second that. Uh, it's I never would have imagined that I would have like on my bookshelf right now at home, uh, which understand my bookshelf. You showed is. me a picture earlier, <laughs> I, yeah, and and it's literally in the alcove of the walkway into our master bedroom, so it's not really a big bookshelf. Um, but I, you know, I have like six commentaries on Romans. I never would imagine I would have that, and I absolutely loved reading through them because mm-hmm. it gave me. You, you're getting the word, and you're getting just wonderful theology, um, but you're seeing a perspective from so many different authors, and mm-hmm. it's just a—I should say authors, I should say theologians. Yes. Um, it's just a wonderful way to really study. And honestly, studying a book of the Bible as a leader, like you said, it does force you to read it in a way you've never read it before, because mm-hmm. you should feel convicted 
that you don't want to mess it up. You yes, know, I mean, yes. granted, you're a leader, you're human. It's wonderful to read that together with your group because you you just invest in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yes. One of the things I would say um, on the um, – I have this on my cons list, but it's not really a con, but uh, just a, a thought. Um, <laughs> you know, it could be a pro or a con that it requires study, but the next, next thing is that um, – Going through a book of the Bible, it really does give you the opportunity sometimes to choose between two or three different areas of focus within a chapter or half a chapter. Um, you know, I found found that some of the times going through a, uh, the book of Acts, I found myself going, okay, um, I'm not going to do the fourth week in a row with an outreach evangelism emphasis. <laughs> you know, it, it's time to move on to, you know, something else that the group needs. And so... Uh, if you're going through a book of the Bible, there are some different things usually in that chapter or half chapter that you can focus on. And um, one of the tips that I wrote for this was um, probably you need to cover at least a half chapter or a chapter a week, um, or you can really get bogged down and spend a long time. And I, you know, that in itself has pros and cons. Uh, what what's been your rate of speed, Chris, going through? And and uh, you can you can disagree with me if you want. You know, <laughs> feel free. We're learning by one another's yeah, experience. I, I'm going to be embarrassed to say this um, <laughs> because we we did we did a brisk pace through Isaiah, um, and there was but it was purposeful. There was a, a study that we followed, uh, which was phenomenal. Um, and I'm dropping the ball on mentioning the author's name or the study guide name, <laughs> but it is Gospel Coalition. Um, but it had us reading sometimes eight chapters a week, um, because it was such a heavy, it was a, it was a gospel centered, Jesus centered, um, study of Isaiah. So it was wonderful. Romans, on the other hand, we, my group's going to laugh when I say this, we spent two years Uh going through Romans and I, I still don't feel like we gave it, we did it justice. Um, because there's so much, it's so rich, so much to unpack. Um, Isaiah's poetry. And so there, there, I don't want to say there's redundancy in there, but it's a different kind of read. Like you, mm-hmm. you can't read any of the prophets like you do anything that Paul writes. Right, um, right. But I'll throw this out there too, and it, this is definitely a book of the Bible type study. Um, but we've also, as a group, we studied. We we took uh, six weeks and studied Sermon on the Mount, Matthew mm-hmm. five through seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we didn't study the whole book of Matthew, but we definitely grabbed Sermon on the Mount and just just digested every block. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we really enjoyed that, honestly. Um, and so we've done a couple of things like that where it's not topical and it's not, uh, a book, but it's this huge piece that's so important, like right. the miracles of Jesus and John. Mm-hmm. Um, we've studied that as well. Just kind of going through the motions on that. Mm-hmm. Well, the next, you gave me a segue to oh. that is topical study. So All right, here we go. <laughs> um, you know, from, from time to time, you can can choose a book. And I mentioned last week that we're um, preparing a list of recommended um, resources that we will make available maybe, you know, and um, thinking about topics. You know, it could be marriage. It could be parenting. It could be, um, you know, spiritual gifts. It could be evangelism. And you can choose things from from the Bible or, or choose a choose a book to go through that's more topical in nature. For the most part, we're talking about maybe going through a trade book when you're you're doing that. So um, you know, we'd be glad at some point in the future to to share that list with you. We um, should play a game where I guess which book is one with the list. Yes. <laughs> like <laughs> where where is Gentle and Lowly by Dana Ortland. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, you know, some of the um pros on that um I like that it can allow you to spend 
an, ex- an extended amount of time on a single topic. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, even going through a book of the Bible, I feel like we're jumping from topic to topic to topic uh, from week to week, even as we're we're going through. And, you know, you can think about some of the epistles and the way they're written. Sometimes you have two sentences on one topic, uh, and then next two sentences are totally different, you mm-hmm. know, on a, on a totally different topic you could focus on. But um, going through, say, a marriage study, a parenting study, would allow you to spend a significant amount of time on uh, on one one subject. So, so so that could be good. Let me ask you a question. Yes. So could you combine um, topical and book of the Bible? Like, could you take a, I'm just going to throw this out there, like a study on suffering and focus on James or First Peter as like your core? Mm-hmm. Yes, there. Uh, you know, probably the possibilities are endless about, probably so. about the probably ways so. that, ways that you can combine those. So that would be something that would be um, very practical. I just totally threw Jay off. Yes, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm good. I'm just digesting that in my mind. Um, you know, one of the cons I would want to say, or one of the things to watch out for in doing a topical study, make sure there's plenty of scriptural content in the book that you're reading, and if you for some reason choose to do a book that doesn't, which we probably wouldn't recommend you doing, <laughs> go find go find the scriptural content and make sure because, um, you, you know, we don't want to gather and not open God's Word. Uh, God's Word is uh, the living source for us, and so um, we want to make sure that, that uh, we're spending time in the, in the Word, and we want to make sure we're talking about Jesus, and so let's, let's don't get caught up in a topic and forget Scripture and forget about Jesus, and so... That's something that's uh, really important to remember. One thing I would say under tips is um, often our topical studies, uh, would m- many of those have video. If you're going to have video, this is where it's going to come on a topical study. Um, for for the longest, uh, just, just as a matter of experience, I've realized if you're going to do video in a small group, it is it is good if it's fifteen twenty minutes or less. Yeah. And um, one of the things I've noticed in um, some of the companies that produce these, they've gotten to the point they're putting out three to seven minute videos, you yeah. know. And so they're really capturing on that. But one of the important things in small group is just relating to one another. Mm-hmm. And so if we're not allowing time for that, you know, it could be it could be a bad thing. Yeah. And I'll I'll plug right now media. Oh yeah. Uh, as an example Thanks. of that. That is uh if you do not if you're not aware of that resource, email me right now and <laughs> we will we will hook you up. That is a great they have so many different authors on there. Um Matt Chandler for example. And he'll have like you said he'll have like a, you know, a, an on-ramp video to this this the series that you're studying. And then each video, maybe like four to five minutes. Mm-hmm. Francis Chan, same way. Mm-hmm. Um, such an awesome resource, especially if you're doing a topical study. Yes, so true. And if, um, you know, what churches can do is is purchase a subscription to that, and Brook Hills has purchased that. And so it's free to members and attenders and particularly leaders. And so mm-hmm. if you'll let us know, if you're not on that list, uh, please let us know, and we'll we'll get you linked up. You so are missing you can... out. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. man. It's really excellent. <laughs> so valuable. The next I would love to introduce is uh, – is really a Bible reading plan curriculum. Okay. And so what you would do is choose a Bible reading plan that your entire group might be on, and you choose uh, some teaching that comes from what what they've read that week. And I really want to say this. Um, if we accomplish nothing else as small group leaders, 
if we can get our people in the Word on a daily basis, that is a huge victory. And mm-hmm. so knowing that, this type plan really plugs people into that by nature, and it, it gives some accountability and some encouragement every time the group meets because you're you're talking about that. And so I uh, just want to encourage you to consider um, using that some of the times. And Chris, you introduced earlier maybe combinations and um you know, a Bible reading plan for your group may work in combination with some other mm-hmm. uh, one of these other type of studies that that you're doing. So, anyway, I, really love that. I gotta be honest, that terrifies me. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because man, reading plans move fast sometimes. Yes. And so oh, you that, could get you, you. I would be afraid of missing packing so much into a lesson, and you, next thing you know, you've got a a 50-minute long lecture, <laughs> you know, yes. just based on the Well, concept. the thing you do, um, you don't want to, you know, I've, I've, I've thought about this in going through the book of Acts. If I'm teaching a half chapter or a chapter a week, mm-hmm. um, you know, I could ask the people to read that chapter every day, and that that's a valid way to read and study okay. yeah. because yeah. you see stuff every day, but um, I'm realizing, too, that most people are going to want to kind of move on through the story or through the narrative. And so right. if you're doing a plan that's based on a reading, uh, just pick a sliver of that yeah. and teach that sliver. Don't feel like you have to cover everything that they've covered. And so, don't don't go and grab like the F-260 plan or something like that where you've got like three chapters in Leviticus, two Psalms, and a, and a chapter out of John that's right. every day. That's right. Yep. <laughs> that would that, be a lot to cover. <laughs> that would be a good word. And and you know the con that I'm I'm getting back to my grid right now. No time to get deep and camp somewhere, you know, yeah, because yeah. That, that's really what we were talking about. And uh, actually, the tip I've already shared as well. Don't really teach everything that uh, that you've covered, but focus on one thing. Okay, the um, next curriculum we're going to introduce to you uh, is really a traditional denominational type curriculum, and that's um, that's where the church would buy what what we call quarterlies. Um, you know, okay. they come in three-month uh, segments. They're, they're books with a Bible study for the members. They're, there's also a leader guide that's produced. Mm. And so uh, a lot of churches out there do that. Um, the Southern Baptist Curriculum has uh, three of these, or four, I believe, but um, the three I've got written down. Explore the Bible, which is the most popular because it, in essence, is doing a book of the Bible study like mm-hmm. we've we've talked about doing. Uh, another one is called Bible Studies for Life, and then there was another one called the Gospel Project that that organizes it so uh, preschoolers, children, students, and adults are all going through the same story. So yeah, the benefit of that is uh, on the way home, you have a chance to hey kids, what did y'all learn today? When you really know what they learned, <laughs> you know, and so that that's uh, that's one thing that that you could do there. Um, that's one thing we really don't do that at Brook Hills. We uh, invest in our team of writers who are yeah. doing our sermon-based curriculum, and so we encourage um, encourage our groups to do that. So, um, you know, the pros in that is everything is planned for you. You don't have to have any stress about what yeah. you're going through. Um, you know, sometimes you would choose the curriculum, but once you choose the curriculum, it's uh, it's outlined for you. I imagine it's been vetted very well as well. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Doctrinally sound, and it's a uh, you know, really great team of writers, uh, particularly with Lifeway, that uh, that produce that. Uh, the cons is, you know, there's not a lot of flexibility like you would have. Mm-hmm. Um, um, each, you know, in your quarterly, it's, it says like, uh, okay, on May 23rd, do this. On May 30th, do that. So if, oh, you, wow. if you do a one-off lesson, you're going, 
oh, no, what do we do with that lesson that we miss? And so, um, you know, the flexibility can be lost a little bit with that. So um, one tip that I would give that really you, you could get in a, a rut here. I'm surely none of our leaders would ever do this, but it's it's just a good thing to to know. Don't ever just read from the student curriculum in class or the teacher curriculum. Yeah, when you're reading something to other people, um, you pretty much lose them. And mm-hmm. so um, I would just encourage you make sure that you're doing very little reading in class. Um, you know, in your small group time. So. Um, know the content, make some summary notes, and look people in the eye as as you're talking to them. I think that's something that's really important. Very All right. And the last and sixth that we're going to talk about, we actually jumped ahead a little bit. Chris, thanks to you. Sorry. I mean, but, no, that's okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really doing a combination. And I thought about this a few weeks ago. In fact, one of the leaders that we interviewed was doing this. And I went, knowing this episode was coming up, I was going, wow, there's a whole other one, you know. And um he was doing a combination of sermon-based lesson and, what was it, through the Bible? Or I don't remember exactly, but it was yeah. definitely yeah. clearly in his mind every week they're doing two different things. And so mm-hmm. um, I know our off-campus groups have a little bit more time than on-campus groups. It seems like it would be hard to do a combination if you were in an on-campus group. I think he was doing small bites. I think it was still yes. you know 15 minutes on each, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that would work. And, you know, you mentioned that um, I encourage our groups to spend at least 30 minutes in um, in Bible study. Um, and so that means sometimes you have to zip through the prayer time and, um, mm-hmm. you know, have to be aware of how much community time goes on. But um, we'd really love for you to spend at least 30 minutes in God's Word uh, when you meet together. Um, some of the pros of uh, a combination, it, you know, allows some flexibility. Uh, some of the cons, I mean, you know, I mentioned this, time pressure already. One of the things I was thinking, too, is that I love for our groups to have a challenge at the end. And if you're doing two different things, are you going to really have two different challenges? You know, I don't know. But it's uh, just, so where are you going to put your emphasis? Yeah, it's something to, yeah. to think about. Um, you know, and one thing I didn't mention earlier that we've started doing is our group uses GroupMe, and we're we're putting the challenge on our group me. And so mm-hmm. you kind of, you could dilute the emphasis maybe mm-hmm. with uh, two different things. And so anyway, I would just encourage you to um, be careful with that. So, all right, we have finished walking through the grid. Anything else on curriculum, Chris, that you can think of you'd love to, love yeah, to add I, today? It's a very concise list. I, I really, really enjoyed just walking through that with you. Um, I think uh, probably the most fun you could have though is getting your group involved. Mm-hmm. Don't don't take this in a dictatorial style. Engage your group and 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 get their perspective on what they want to study. Yeah. Um, you know, use it as a suggestion. Obviously, don't yes. you know? Don't let them tell you what to study next. <laughs> yes. um, but uh, we do that, and and you know, we approach that with our group is uh, is where do you want to go next? And, yeah, and like we mentioned in the you know last week, um, make sure there's a well balanced diet going on. Yes. If, uh, if you're just studying end times for um, you know the sixth time in a row, a different book, <laughs> hey, it's <laughs> yeah. time to think about. Hey, should we move on and, <laughs> and do something else? So. <laughs> very good, very good. All right. Well, thanks for being with us this week, and we hope you'll tune in next week to the Great Groups Podcast. Have a blessed week. Well, that's all for this episode of the Great Groups Podcast. Please do subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you won't miss the next episode. Also, visit us online at greatgroups.org and leave a comment there.
we would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening today. We'll be back next time with a conversation that inspires you to make disciples. And that's the point of great groups. Make disciples.